Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday, July 27th. 2023. Hope that you're doing well. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow this podcast for free wherever you get and listen to your podcast. Your support means the world to us. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating and review. All that jazz means the most to us here at Lockdown Blue Devils. Watch the show daily as well on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. Coming in August, again, we're back to five days a week at the start of fall camp and as Duke basketball Get set for another season upcoming. We'll give you more coverage for Duke basketball and Duke football. Again, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, I'm so thrilled to bring back one of my good buddies, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 podcast. ACC kickoff was yesterday in Charlotte. You were there, Josh. It's been a while since we've had you on the program. Good to see you first and foremost. I hope all is well. Yeah, definitely, JJ. It's been a, been a couple of weeks, and I hope everything's going well with your summer. But keep it up with the show, man. You guys are putting out great content in the offseason for sure. Really appreciate that. So ACC kickoff it has arrived in Charlotte. You got a chance to be there. Kind of tell us uh, what went down yesterday there in the Queen City. Yeah, for sure. A little bit of a different structure this year, stretching out over three days. And so there were only four or five teams there uh, yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, the – uh, the difference in the number of people interested in Duke football uh, from last season to this season was absolutely incredible. Um, uh, Duke was well represented there. Obviously, captains Riley Leonard, Jacob Monk, Dwayne Carter uh, were the players represented, uh, Coach Elko uh, there as well. And pretty much from the time that everything kicked off at 10 o'clock in the morning until the end of the afternoon at 4 o'clock, uh, the Duke guys and Coach Elko had somewhere to be. There was someone asking for their time. Uh, they were on TV a couple of different times. They were on all different podcasts and, and radio shows yesterday. And uh, it was really neat to see, you know, when Duke went into their breakout room, like the flood of media that went to the breakout room. So we threw a picture up on our Twitter timeline at Duke FB Talk, a picture of Riley Leonard and said, you know, last season – there was no media hype. And in fact, in that room last year, there were fewer than 10 media members. And we, I snapped a picture of like, I don't know, 40, 50 media members gathered around Riley, uh, you know, at any given time. And so it was really neat to see the guys handle themselves well. And, um, and yeah, let's be honest, Florida state was there. Mike Norvell was there. Jordan Travis was there. I didn't even see him. We were, we were all Duke. We were, we were with them the whole day. And uh, it was a really neat experience. What was the main message you think that Mike Elko wanted to share with the football world? A lot of people love those opening statements from the head coach and the head coaches all take time because they know how important those remarks can be. What do you believe Coach Elko's main message was to the entire conference? I mean, I think it's that last season wasn't a fluke. Um, that they put in the work last year. Last year was not the luck of the draw. In fact, you could make the argument that Duke was on the raw end of a couple of deals last year. And so last season was not a fluke. Uh, they have a blueprint at, at Duke that they believe is successful, and they're going to replicate that blueprint this year. And so I think that was the message. It's like, hey, 
Like, I get it. We were a nice story last year, but we actually really think we're that good. Like, Riley Leonard, we really think we have one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Like, Dwayne Carter, Graham Barton. Like, let's go down the line. And so, I think that was the message that Coach Elko wanted to get out. It's like, we're not a one-hit wonder here. We're here to stay. Well, so much so we're here to stay that going into the week, big news comes out that Mike Elko has already received a contract extension. It's pretty good, Josh. Only one year on the job at a program like Duke where it has historically been uh, more challenging to win and to compete in the ACC. And here we are. We've already got a contract extension for the head coach. I thought it was interesting as well. I mean, Duke publicized the uh, the expiration year of 2029 and obviously being a private uh, university, there's nothing that says Duke has to sell any details of any sort of contract. Um, but I believe they were sending a message to other schools and the recruits and families that, hey, listen, we're locking him in uh, long term. We want him here. And obviously things can happen. Right. I mean, but it's a, it makes it a whole lot more difficult for him to leave uh, based upon this contract extension that he's gotten. And so what a great move, I believe, by Nina King and the administration. Uh, to me, it's them keeping their word of we're going to do everything in our power to keep him and the coaching staff here. Here, if you notice a little uh, sentence in that in the uh, GoDuke.com article, uh, this included incentives and salary bumps even for the assistant coaches, um, and that's a huge deal because yeah. we know this is not just a head coach. There's a lot more that goes into it. And so very important. The timing of it was great. I loved it right before media day. He got asked about it a few times. Um, and so, yeah, kudos to Dina King, athletic department, and the university for locking him in. And then, as you said, three players were also with Coach Elko in Charlotte yesterday. Quarterback Riley Leonard, Jacob Monk from the O-line, and then, of course, uh, Dwayne Carter, who's no stranger to the ACC kickoff festivities uh, and the media and spotlight attention the decision to have those three players representing Duke football. Talk to me about that. Yeah, they are three of the four captains, obviously the fourth being Jamie on Franklin. Uh, as you mentioned, Dwayne, this was his third year uh, representing Duke as a captain there. And so I believe they, they do send captains, you know, it, it's, it's a little interesting, obviously Jacob Monk, his leadership um, is super important. Um, Riley is a, is a no brainer, but you do have guys sitting at home like Graham Barton, who will potentially be a first-round draft pick, um, you know, who, who was not participating. It's not necessarily Graham's, you know, thing. Graham is pretty cool uh, guy just to sit in the background and do his thing. But those three guys represented well. Uh, Jacob's got history with Duke, obviously with his dad, Stanley, uh, also playing at Duke. Um, Jacob's a senior. And so that that that's his, like, kind of his, his niche with the uh, media. And then Dwayne, as they call him, Mr. Duke, you know, he's any he can talk to anybody for any amount of time. My man, hand him a microphone and just let him loose. <laughs> and then Riley is so um, he's so genuine. I feel like with the media, he gets nervous. He will share that like privately, but like he gets very nervous. But his personality really shines and he's very honest. If you ask him an honest question, he's going to give you an honest answer. And there's just something kind of pure about his the way he answers questions that I think endear him to a lot of people. And so those guys did very well. Like I said, they had a lot more attention this year, a lot more cameras on them uh, than they were than they did last year at this time. 
Again, we're counting down the days to the start of the Duke football season. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that schedule for Duke football rolling across the bottom of your screen, counting down to that Labor Day first game of the season when Duke gets set to take on Clemson. I want to talk a little bit more about ACC kickoff and some of the conversations with our buddy Josh Cox after we take our first time out here on today's show. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our very good friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where you need to be. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, again, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast. Section 17 Podcast, here we are getting set for the 2023 season. Kind of give us a brief history overview of you guys uh, for folks who might be, like others, wanting to know what Duke football is all about now that they've got some momentum behind the program. Promote your stuff, Josh, if you will. Yeah, for sure. We are beginning our fourth season of covering the Duke football program from a unique perspective. Uh, we are media credentialed, but we really try to stay fan-focused and fan-forward. Um, and so we try to bring you content that you as a fan would like, maybe some behind-the-scenes personal stuff. Um, and we're going to be able to bring you even more of that. We have an announcement we'll be making in the next a couple of weeks to let you know how you can access even more of that type of content. And so we're excited about that. But, yeah, we uh, we have a podcast that we do weekly throughout the season. We begin uh, – we'll be dropping our first one on August the 22nd. Um, and then we'll be doing a Clemson preview. And then we'll be every week uh, – talking about what happened in the previous game, previewing the upcoming game, uh, and just trying to bring you as good content as we can. Our website, uh, dukefootballtalk.com, is where you can find all of our podcasts, our merch store, um, everything like that. So we're on all the social channels um, at DukeFBTalk, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, and we have a Facebook group as well. So, yeah, come check us out. We are Duke Football centered and so uh this is all all about football we don't even in fact i know we're about to talk basketball in a little bit jj but like according to our podcast duke doesn't even play basketball <laughs> they're, they're a football only school yeah no doubt about that unless you're riley leonard who was quite the basketball sure. player himself sure. after coming so uh talking about that football team uh, and again with the season getting closer more people are paying attention to duke mm -hmm. football being at acc kickoff uh, having been to media day festivities for college football throughout my career, when you're in the building, Josh, you can't help but pick up on chatter that folks in the media are talking mm -hmm. about. And on Duke Day or on Florida State Day, as you mentioned, with Mike Norvell there, we'll hear chatter on North Carolina Day when Drake mm -hmm. May and Mac Brown enter the building. Amongst the media, what is the conversation about Duke? When we're looking at the hierarchy of the league, 
where were you hearing people kind of putting the Blue Devils? Yeah, well, first of all, it was interesting because some of, in fact, we had a couple of the, the I would say, the more well-known media members actually speak to us ahead of time and say, <laughs> hey, like, like, what are some things we need to know, right, about, like, Mike Elko or Riley Leonard or, or you know what I mean, whatever. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. It's like the the bigger guys wanting to to really hone in on their interviews um, with with Coach Elko, uh, but I believe what, what you're what you're seeing across the league is, I believe everybody's in that wait and see. Like I think Duke has got respect. I think Mike Elko has demanded uh, respect from the league, but I do believe the league is saying, okay, like that was a great season. We believe in you. We want to see it. Like let's see it. And the the schedule this year. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about, but the schedule this year, year is significantly more difficult than last year's schedule. There's a chance that Duke could be a much better football team than last year and their record not necessarily reflect that. I think anybody that knows a little bit about football understands that, but I do believe that's the vibe. I believe there are, there are plenty of people in the ACC who are willing to put Duke in that top four, top five in the league. I think they're ready to do that, and I think they want to see the product on the field. Duke has an incredible opportunity to show that they've really arrived Labor Day night, you know, on, on national TV. Um, you know, honestly, I don't even think that it has to be a win in against Clemson, even though I think we can do that. I think it's just got to be Duke belongs on that field and it's not a blowout. And you know what I mean? And like Duke is like nose to nose, man to man with the Clemson Tigers. I believe that's important. Very first week out the gate to show that we're here. We're good. We did return 17 starters. We are ready to take that next step. Yeah. The returning production for the Stoop team is really impressive. And I think that that's something that everybody kind of wants to point to been there, done that, you know what you can expect. And now the question is, can they take that next step forward given all the talent that they've got coming back and then in the trenches, Josh, like that's, where football, you need to be dominant, and it feels like Duke feels pretty good that they're uh, pretty pleased with where they're at in the trenches on both sides of the football. For sure. I mean, that's led by on the offensive side by Graham Barton. It's led on the defensive side by Dwayne Carter. However, you're seeing R.J. Oban uh, getting uh, you know more and more publicity um, coming off the edge there. This is uh, year number two for uh, V.J. Anthony. Um, and, so I believe that's, and then obviously the interior line, you've got – uh, you got Jamie on Franklin, who's a team captain. You also have Aeneas Peebles, who is like an interchangeable uh, link there. And so defensive line looks good. Offensive line, um, you know, honestly, me, me personally, I'm a little nervous about the offensive line. Just a tad. I think there needed to be at least one more, uh, you know, transfer that's, that would stick. Um, but Duke feels very confident in there. A big, a big um, – decision or development would be Maurice McIntyre who went out with a very serious lower leg injury uh, last season. Will he get back? Will he be available for Duke this year? If he is offensive line, I believe is going to be stellar. You're listening to Locked On Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Again, follow them on Twitter at DukeFBTalk, and you'll have tons of great football coverage to be discussing. We'll have more football conversations with Josh uh, throughout the rest of the season and in the weeks to come. But I do want to switch gears 
while you're here with us, Josh, a lot of people wanting to talk about the Duke basketball team. You mentioned earlier that this is not something that the Section 17 podcast focus on whatsoever, which is why I love giving you an outlet to share your thoughts that I love about Duke Hoops. So uh, we're getting more content being posted these days, photos, videos, scrimmages. I mean, we are seeing the Duke basketball team put in work this summer. What's standing out to you? Well, um, number one, I love the summer content. And I know that that the availability for summer work has been a constantly evolving thing in the NCAA. But I love the fact that teams get out there and, and can get some run in and, and the social media teams are able to provide that content. I think that's wonderful for fans. Um, I will say this. I believe sometimes it can cause some overreaction on both sides, right? I believe – we can get very high on a player based upon a clip that we saw on social media. Absolutely. And then we can also get low on a guy that, you know what I mean? That we see some sort of clip and you know, whatever, or we don't see him in a couple of clips and we're like, yeah. what's going on with so-and-so. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's uh, we should be careful to not overreact, but some of the things that I love, number one, uh, earlier this week, uh, Duke posted uh, the social media team posted the guys literally having fun cheering for each other. Some of it was in the weight room, others in the locker room, others on the court, but the guys were just having fun. And like, I believe that's very important, the camaraderie, because you do have these returning players, returning four starters, and you've got some freshmen coming in who do not expect to sit on that bench. And so you've got that kind of that potential clash, but what it looks like is that they're meshing and it looks like they're realizing that, Hey, we, we have the potential with the returning players and with the this uh, crop of freshmen, we have the potential to do something special. And so it seems like they're all on the same page, which I think is is great. The second thing, once again, I believe it was earlier this week as well, it was great to see Kyle Filipowski uh, in full sprint mode um, with with uh, weights tied around his yeah. waist. Yeah. Um, because as we all know, he had double hip surgery uh, in the offseason. Uh, literally what they were saying is like – the ball of his hip was would not completely go in to like the I don't know like basically he was getting he was he had no agility right it could not like bend down but to a certain spot and so this is going to help him I believe on the defensive end it's going to help his flexibility um, and so who knows uh, we may see a even greatly improved more athletic Kyle Filipowski than we saw last season. So that's got me hyped. And then, you know, we you can watch those uh, the the scrimmage videos are great. It looks like Jaden Shoot has maybe adjusted his form a little bit on his shot. Um, I'm not sure. Not sure still about that. Doesn't it. miss. I know that's your guy. That's one of my overreactions, Josh. Is still yeah. you that whole ten minute clip. Jaden Shoot does yeah. not miss a shot. That's true. That's true. And the, I'm, the I'm all, form all does for look it. a little different. You're right. It's a little bit from the side pocket, a little bit more than over his head, uh, but it may be a, a way for him to get a shot off quicker. Um, all those types of things. I mean, we, we know that it, we're in the Steph Curry era of, bas- era of basketball and it's all about how quickly you can get the shot up and how much rotation you can get on that ball as quickly as possible. Um, so I love that. And then, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, Jeremy Roach returning, we've already discussed that. But I do believe, you know, you're going to see that that Quinn Cook-ish uh, senior season. Um, you know, I think he's going to understand that Tyrese Proctor is that guy. Yeah. Uh, he's going to he's going to have that ball in his hand. 
similar to Quinn and Tyus Jones. And uh, I look forward to the season. The off-season videos just have me pumped uh, to see what Duke's going to look like this year. The entire world should be ready for Tyrese Proctor getting set for his sophomore season. I mean, that guy looks ridiculous in the best ways possible, and I think he's going to be an absolute game-changer uh, for Duke going into the season. Speaking of those clips, and again, in, in footage, we're really not seeing Filipowski featured in a lot of these mm. overreactions are something that uh, is easy to make, right? Because I will remind people, as I did last summer, you're not going to find a clip of Jaden Shoot missing a jump shot in those. He doesn't. Uh, you're also not going to find TJ Power really do anything whatsoever in the five-on-five. But I don't think it's safe to assume that he's going to be nothing going into this upcoming season. I think he definitely has a role on this Duke basketball team. What I will say, though, that is abundantly clear when watching this footage, and Josh, I need thoughts from you, not a whole lot of conversation about John, uh, Sean Stewart going into the season, looking at the four freshmen coming in and joining the program, and when McKenzie Mbaka was a part of the class, mm-hmm. we spent way more time talking about Mac. But my goodness, some of the athletic plays we're seeing from Sean Stewart. Yeah, there, there was a block uh, that they showed last week sometime, and it was like he went up and then he like continued up, you know, like to that like second level. Um, and I forget who it was who he blocked, but it was one of the smaller guards. And um, and yeah, I mean Sean Stewart. You know, we we obviously in the off season you, you lose Mbako, and the fan base begins you know to get a little you know crazy, and then we we don't land a big um, in the portal. In the portal. Um, and, and then there's cost for a little bit, you know, and honestly, that's fair that people are like, man, like I, we really needed an extra big, uh, but like you said, I believe Sean Stewart was kind of slept on. Um, and not that he's a prototypical five, I believe he's a four. Um, but we're playing positionless basketball this year. We are definitely going to run a lot of five out. We're going to definitely run a lot of spread spacing, uh, with Filipowski being your main big. And this is going to be a unique team. Coach Shire, um, as he spoke, if you've not listened to it yet on the Devil's Den uh, podcast, Coach Shire talked about how the, the the style of play this year, based upon the personnel, is going to be different than last year. It just is. It's going to have to be. And that's going to be because guys like Sean Stewart, they are flexible. They can play outside, but they also can protect the rim. They can play inside. So, anyway, I agree with you on Sean Stewart. No one was talking about him. And I believe by December, a lot of people are going to be talking yeah. about it. So excited for the upcoming season. Uh, a lot still to come for the Stuke basketball program. Still need an assistant coach, right? Will Avery uh, was hired in one of the Bre- new spots. Breaking news, JJ. Yeah. Brendan, Brendan Marks, as we are on, on this podcast recording, Brendan Marks just re- uh, reported that Oklahoma assistant coach Emmanuel Dildy is being hired by Duke to replace Emil Jefferson's spot on the bench. Literally, he just tweeted it while we were on here. Look at so, that. Uh, We've got a new assistant coach. I mean, bra- right. that's that's as breaking of news as we can get on here, JJ. <laughs> Which so, I love. I love. And I have no clue anything about this guy, honestly. 
Um, but he is taking Emil Jefferson's spot on the Duke staff. That's why people have Brendan to come Marks. back and listen to us tomorrow. Come back and listen exactly. to tomorrow's show, and we're going to break it all down. The new assistant coach for <laughs> Duke men's basketball. That is awesome. That's and that shout out, by the way, to you know Brendan March, who is I know a regular a oh, yes. regular guest on the so. show. So very much so. Shout out to him for uh, being on top of all the scoops there. Uh, with Duke Coops. Last question for you. What have you thought of the Brotherhood podcast? I know you're a busy man, yeah. but I know that you've had time. You've made time uh, yes. to make sure you're listening. What have you thought? The only one I've not, uh, I've not listened to the latest one with Jalen Blakes and Jalen's my guy. I love Jalen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to listen to that one soon. Ryan uh, Young I, is your guy though, Josh. That's if it, anybody, man. If anybody you love, that's the perfect role for him being the host of this thing. So when they, when they announced that it was, that it was going to be uh, the brother podcast, it was going to be a thing. I actually tweeted with the right host, this is going to be epic. And honestly, I wasn't sure what they were going to go for, but they were going to go for like a former player, to host it, you know, that kind of thing. But when I saw it was Ryan Young, I'm like, this is going to be incredible. <laughs> you know, uh, and he has been great. He has been a really, really good host. Um, I thought it was very cool. The Wojo um, episode was extremely cool. Um, just to see like the, the, even the mental health, emotional side of Steve Wojciechowski and how he, he made the statement on that the greatest blessing of his life was that he got fired from Marquette because he was, he was able to reprioritize his life. That was incredible. Some of the stories and then Tyrese Proctor, uh, them going back and forth and like kind of at each other, like in a good way. And, and, uh, and all that. And Tyrese, like making fun of American food. Like, yeah. I, you know, you know, um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, it was tough, but all, all that to say, I'm looking forward to seeing who they bring on, uh, both former players, current players, a flip, the flip episode was great. I mean, talking about his decision to come back, he actually shared, I thought quite a bit on that podcast more than I expected him to about his, his decision-making and processes and how he had kind of uh, always kind of thought of himself as being a multi-year player and stuff like that. So it's been great. Duke is, is uh, that was a great move in Ryan young. That was the, that was the key. If the wrong guy is hosting the podcast, it's not as good. So the brotherhood podcast is getting an endorsement from Josh Cox. That's 100%. 100%. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well, Josh, you're the absolute best. Looking forward to talking to you next week. And uh, we'll be able to break down all the exciting uh, things to come for Duke football and basketball and so much more. All right. Absolutely. JJ, thanks for having me on, man. That's my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast joining us once again here on the show today. Again, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. There we have it. A new assistant coach has been hired to replace Emil Jefferson. We discussed that and a whole lot more coming up on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Make sure you stay tuned for that one. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, Megan. Good day.